Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, AfterBuzz TV, we're breaking down the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, Season 1, Episode 16, Legendary, the season finale. Talking about transmutation, the proper way to dispose of meteor, and Rex, mother effing Tyler. It's our man, everybody. Let's do this. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's <laughs> Getting ready for uh, everybody just to enjoy Mr. Dave Child's sweet dance moves as they go on hiatus too. We have to say goodbye to the Legends of Tomorrow after show for just a few months. This hey, everybody. The, this is the theme song to the Legends of Tomorrow, right? That's yeah. right. Exactly. That's yes. right. <laughs> Should be. I've been paying attention all yeah. season long. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're the Legends of Tomorrow after buzz after show crew. Here we'll be breaking down the season finale, Legendary. On season one of Legends of Tomorrow, I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. We have the full panel united tonight to break down this series or the season and just talk about this episode in particular. To my immediate left, yeah, you're always adorable. Me, nice. Yes. <laughs> that's me. You're, that's so nice. Yeah. Ooh, always, always, always. always. Oh, wow, never. You're, you're like my parents, but more generous. That's right. Yeah. I am Lex Michael. All of our social media at the Lex Michael, and we do. We have our whole crew united, which puts us one up on the wave rider. That's yeah, yeah very true. Yeah. Very true. It's true. I'm the sometimes adorable, uh, <laughs> but Dave always sexy. You can find me at Mr. Dave Child on Twitter and you know internets. And I'm glad to be here. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm also glad to be here. And as always, I'm Lucretia Line, and you can find me anywhere at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, since there is only one. All right, folks. As always, this whole season, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on iTunes. Give us those sweet five stars. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, Lucretia's got the chat open. She's going to be just chiming in with some of your thoughts that you had about the season finale or the season in general. Chime in with your thoughts there, and uh, she will try to not laugh too much as she should. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but right. real quick, before we break into the episode in specific, how do you feel just in general? Did the se- this episode stick the landing? Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it had some fun moments, and it was able to kind of uh, retrace some steps, which I always like, especially if you're doing time travel and your last episode. It's nice to revisit some stuff occasionally. There was a few... Time travel logic questions I have that maybe you guys can help me with. But overall, we got a lot of... We've always talked about how our favorite moments are when they really show off their powers and they really have these action sequences. And I feel like we had that this episode. And that's all that really matters. So, Lucretia? Yeah, I loved it. I've, I laughed a lot in this episode, and I was laughing with them, not at them. So I liked that. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, yeah, I feel like everything happened that needed to in this episode. It really was a good book into the season. Yeah, I I agree. There was, I mean, for me, the high point of the season was last week's episode. I think that was the best hour that they have produced in their first season. But I 
liked this finale. I agree. I think they they hit everything they needed to hit. They tied everybody's arc up for this year. We got some really nice, poignant human moments with everybody. Everybody got to do some fun actiony stuff. Mm-hmm. Rip got to hover on the wave rider and do <laughs> it's, it. Played in he a did wide, cool. but no, like it cuts to a wide yeah. and you see him. But you got you got to really look at Rip because he does that. Like his arms go out and he's like, what? <laughs> which is which is great, you know. Um, and I also appreciate too. There was there. We've gone back and forth on our after show over the course of the season about Vandal Savage's effectiveness as a lead villain, right? Because he goes back and forth from being totally believable as a potentially universe-ending threat and something more akin to like your weird pervy uncle. And and this episode, Wait, I weird thought, pervy uncle is not a universal threat. Yeah, I feel like that's the ultimate universal threat. <laughs> but my point is, and there were don't get me wrong, especially early in the episode when he's talking to Kendra on on the little ship that he stole, total pervy uncle. But yeah. by the end, where they're fighting three different Vandal Savages in three different timelines, and my maybe favorite thing he's done all season, which I pointed out as we were watching. The shot in 1940s Paris where they are, and you see Vandal Savage come out of nowhere, just booking it, and he chucks his knife into the dude. I'm like, oh, where's that guy been? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he used cool. the blades a lot, and especially in the, the Flash and Arrow crossover episodes. He was right. big with the blades. We haven't really seen him use them that much. He was Mr. Blades. He yes. used to be the blade man. <laughs> I know. And then he went away from the blade and just went to the like slick back hair. That was enough. <laughs> and the weird smile. That's kind of him. The that was smile, my Vandal impression. And his his delivery. And Casper Crump is such a fascinating... I've only seen him in this role. Yeah. Based solely on his performance as Vandal Savage, what a fascinating actor this man yeah. is. There was a time uh, in this in this episode tonight where he goes back and he's talking to himself. He bumps into Vandal Savage in, I think it was in the 50s. 1958. And he's, and he's talking about to Vandal Savage, you know, I'm bringing you a solution that will wipe out time. And I got what he was saying, the actual words that he was saying, but a combination of his accent and his delivery made it sound like it was all one word. It was mm-hmm. all very like, I'm going to think it's time destroyed and we win. And I was like, I understood that, but I don't think I should have been able to process what just happened. That's how they did in Shakespearean times. Yeah. They just made the whole play one word. That they just they just stretch out. I think what happened was he traded his uh, knives for evil casserole. Ah, yeah. Yeah. There you go, that's right. All right, so as we talk about the episode here, we start off at the beginning here. They've uh, they pretty much uh, they destroyed the Oculus, thanks right. to Snart, sacrificing himself. So now they've kind of lost track of Savage through time. So Rip, as always, is just looking for the quickest reason just to, you know, to, to bail <laughs> on the rest yeah. of the legends. Like, so he takes him back to 2016 says, see you later, I gotta go. Oops, and uh, sorry, dude. Screw yeah. you guys, I'm going here. I'm a hologram. Ooh. You know, I know we spend all this time about, like, hey, we work better together, but see you later, I'm going to go. Uh, so he leaves him back in 2016, and we finally get uh, uh, to see some things that we've been wanting to see all season. Specifically, Sarah finding out that Laurel's died. So I got to talk about Paul Blackthorne in this episode because if you've been watching Arrow this season, you have had to watch his character Quentin Lance deal with the death of Laurel, and he gets to do some really wonderful emotional work. And to see him get to do that level of work on this show is really refreshing because if you remember last time he was Quentin yes I'll take the amnesia pill Lance and (laughs) I wasn't totally down with that but to see present Quentin Lance and to see Paul Blackthorne getting to actually really connect with his daughter and really do some emotional work I thought made that scene Mm -hmm. really really affecting I thought it worked really well yeah, was this as good as you guys had hoped? I mean, we've been talking about it. When is she going to find out? And we finally find out now. Is that, was it, were you guys satisfied? Yeah, I mean, I did get the feeling uh, 
I, I got the feeling when, when they came back and was like, oh, five months have passed. I was like, well, that will be convenient for, <laughs> yeah, for everyone involved. So we, we can talk about yeah. what happened last week on Arrow or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We brought you back in time for sweeps. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Season finales. I thought it was good. I mean, I thought... Uh, I thought the performance of Sarah especially was like was really strong in this episode and we got to see her really deal with the death, really confront the way she confronted Rip, went back to Rip and tried to get him to go back in time. That was like a just strong acting choices that I really liked. I agree completely. Dave, you mentioned right up top that you have a mm-hmm. few specific time travel rules questions. Right. Mm-hmm. My first one in this episode was yeah, she goes to Rip and of course she wants to do anything that she can to go back and save her sister, and Rip says, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Why not? Yeah. Right. Well, why? Well, <laughs> other, than, yeah. other than time wants to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it was sort of like that quantum leap uh, when he goes to save uh, President Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. And you find out in the original timeline <laughs> yeah. that Jackie died as well as Kennedy. And by him going back, he at least saved Jackie. Even the President Kennedy died. Yeah, that's true. So it's kind of similar to this, where, as you explained, if he'd gone back and Laurel and Sarah had stayed there, then Sarah, Quinn, and Laurel would have all died at the hand yes, of Yes, but why back. didn't they go back in time? And, you know, this is just one of the things where I know the answer to all of these questions are going to be, don't think about it, just yes. keep going. But I, what they we see at the end of the episode, they make time for Rory to go back and just have a little, you know, chat with Snart. Yes. You know, why didn't they just have time to have Sarah go back and just save Laurel? Just a little, just jump in, stop, you know, save Laurel, be involved in the fight with Dark at least, and then leave. Well, I think it's because with Mick going and talking to Snart at the strip club, it doesn't change anything, but... It's so much stuff is affected if she went back to save Laurel. Yeah. And yeah, um, let's see. Someone made a comment about, yeah, Mystic Lightning said Lance was wearing the same shirt in last night's Arrow, Lost in the Flood. And uh, yeah, I saw the same thing. I was like, this is literally picking up where Arrow left off last night. Which is yeah. great. And I totally yeah. get why. Look, all right. I would have a lot more questions, and yeah. I get we have to balance a lot of characters and a lot of stories. We can't spend 20 minutes on Rip explaining yeah. why more right. people would die if you went back to help. But why can't, at the very least, and I understand it's different shows, different shooting schedules, same network, same universe, but it's hard to get your actors to cross over between shows in ways that are going to affect the plots of other shows. Fine. Why can't Sarah also at least have a nice moment where she gets to say goodbye, goodbye. to Laurel yeah. somehow? Yeah, that would have been right. nice. And yeah. I think t- time is yes. basically the reason. And not time like time travel, time rules, time masters. Time like, you know, you only have 40-something minutes to hear right. this on, right. on TV. Right. Well, I think it's tough when you introduce time travel uh, as a catch-all into a whole entire universe to not have that be your just default button. Like, all right, we can always go back and save everybody. I mean, I guess you still want to be able to tell stories where characters do die and they stay dead. Otherwise, you never have any of those kind of storylines. Also, Rip does have, like, uh, a moment where he does say, listen, we just spent an entire season watching me try (laughs) and go back in time to save my family. So the fact, and you saw that that never worked out for me. Right. So let's just assume it's not going to work out for you because just time wants to happen sort of thing. Sure, and... Because we just saw an entire season where he was trying to do that. And this is absolutely so far from being the only time travel story that is guilty of this same thing because it's true. When you have time travel... Why is death even a concern for anybody as long as you don't lose the person who knows how to operate the time machine? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so you have to to continue to have stakes in your story. You do occasionally have to go, no, fixed point in time. You can't change this. 
right. unfortunately, in most of these stories, what those points are tends to feel a little arbitrary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still even the time machine, right? Like there was a version, or maybe I'm just remembering a movie version of the time machine where you watch the guy try and save his wife over and over and mm-hmm. over. And every time he succeeds, she still dies in a different freak accident because yeah. because she's supposed to die. Yeah, or like the butterfly effect with yeah. Ashton Kutcher. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I think. Good pull. Good or pull. the flash, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll yeah, go yeah, with yeah, butterfly yeah. Okay, effect. Okay, That's okay. better. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. We did mention this real briefly, and I'll just ask you guys, since I wasn't here last week, we do see ultimately that Rip is unable to alter time. So his, parent, mm-hmm. his, his wife and his child end up dying. Considering that, as you're saying, that he's been basically a whole season has been him trying to save his child and his wife from the hands of Fandle Savage right. and ultimately realizes that he can't do it. Satisfying to you or to feel like we watch the whole season of him just ultimately just fail in this endeavor? But here's the thing. Doesn't he succeed at the end? <laughs> because when you kill Vandal Savage in three different time... The killing Vandal Savage in three different time periods is the thing that confused me the most. I was wondering, so we're building to yes. another one of Dave's questions. Because this is like, this is the biggest question because they said, one, they said we have to do it at the exact same time. <laughs> but they're in different time periods. Does it mean like starting now, we gotta do it in ten yeah. minutes. You know, That's like, right. Everybody's counting to like 300 in their head and they're like, yeah. okay, we're 300, we gotta have him dead. I don't understand that. And also when you kill him in the past, you kill him in the future. Right? So they did succeed. I I think. Why how did they not succeed? Well they in succeeded in Fandle. They they did and he succeeded in avenging his family. Right? Uh-huh. But his whole thing was I wanted to save them. He failed in that respect, but he did right but he ultimately why? avenged them. But how did he not kill yeah, an true. earlier version of Vandal Savage how does before Va- he <laughs> goes and kills the family You're, because yeah. he killed two earlier versions of Vandal Savage yeah. as well as the current and I think I I don't understand the time the made up time logic to fit into that <laughs> except except that maybe they could have cre- I don't know like I really don't no. I mean, and that's one thing we'd have to reach out to Sarah and just say can you explain to us at least the writer's room logic about how Rip's family is not dead because right. we've killed him I understand creating a time quake in three different things that was enough of made up science for me that I was like okay that could cause some sort of shake up that could maybe restart the time engine whatever That that's gobbledygook but that's good gobbledygook sure Killing some the same person in three different time periods, though, that's that's totally confusing to me. And <laughs> I understand that is, that is weird. If you and if you dwell too long on it, you're just going to go like, I don't. You, everything starts yeah. to unravel at that point. And they even say like, Oh, you're mortal now because the later version of you was killed, like the one that had done everything was was and like stabbed. It yeah, wasn't even every, the earlier version. Every answer to this question that I can come up with in the moment doesn't really hold water because my thought is, well, look, no one else but Kendra and Carter should be able to kill him in any other time yeah. period. So I think the idea is, we've got these meteors in different time periods. We have to go, let's call him Savage Prime. We've got to go kill Savage <laughs> Prime. You guys just have to make sure while we're doing that, he doesn't kill the universe with one of these meteorites in another era. Right. And that's why once they kill Savage Prime, then the other vandals can be dispatched. But 
why does the future one getting killed ripple back to the other back one? Is in what time. I don't, that's what I can't. If they explain. had, if they had like stabbed the earliest, youngest version of Vandal, and then it kind of slowly ripples up so that they're able to kill him because first he turns mortal, and then you know the all time just ripples forward. Yeah, that would make more sense to me. Right. Or if they made up something about how by setting off the. Those periods, all of the time periods are uh, setting off the asteroids. All of the time periods are combined into one space or one like kind of moment. So you kind of see everything happen at one point because of all these like kind of buoys or or um, I don't know, just points of time just all converge. If they all converged into one singular moment, and then you have to kill the three people at that times because it's all converged. That would make a bit more sense because you use the word converge. (laughs) But it doesn't even do that. It's like three different time periods. They all have to do it at the same... They even said at the same time. That's my biggest complaint about this finale. I feel like they wanted to have it so everyone has a chance of killing Vandal and everyone gets to have their hero moment. (laughs) And it just felt like a stretch because the made-up science didn't quite make sense to me. It it mostly felt like a way to use time travel in a a big... Uh, way in the finale, it just felt like let's do let's time travel harder right. than we've ever time traveled before. <laughs> it was at the same time though. It's nice to revisit where they picked up the uh, um, the nuke and uh, the night of the hawks, which was one of my yeah. favorite episodes. Yes, so yes. it was nice to have like those anchor points. It, it was a good way of like revisiting the whole season and just seeing the whole thing and being like, okay, we took a journey here. Yeah. And each step made sense. And one person that did take a journey was uh, Rory. Uh, McRory's probably had one of the most changes for the season. We see when he gets back in 2016, he just goes back to his Robin ways, finds some other guy. Hey, (laughs) you use Snart's cold gun. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, you kind of suck at it, so I'm just going to get rid of you. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) And I do like Ray just apologizing to him, saying, hey, I think maybe Snart uh, maybe wanted us to be buddies. So so before (laughs) we even move on, though, to Mick and Ray, because I did like a lot of that business, can we talk about, so yes, Mick went through this big journey, right? (laughs) He changed on a profound fundamental level we saw yeah. that the series bears this out mm-hmm. um did, did he he killed that boy yep. <laughs> like just like that it was played for a laugh but our right. new transformed <laughs> Mick Rory basically on a whim out of irritation just killed this kid like that kid was maybe 20 right no. you know what I kind of wish we saw I wish he became like dog the bounty hunter <laughs> <laughs> You know? What do you what do you think? Like he's got all the Kronos training. Yeah. yeah. He's trained to be a bounty hunter now. He, he a bounty hunter through time. With <laughs> yeah. like a robot suit, granted. But still he has the, this gun. He could have his own reality show in Central City. Yeah. Yeah. Also, dude, yeah. you have both guns now. Yeah. Right? You just use, use both, both guns. <laughs> Why is he yeah. has like no? I'm the fire guy. I need an ice guy. Do you know what it is? I would almost buy, I'd almost buy, he doesn't want to wield it because that's, whoever's partner is, that's his partner's gun. That right. that would be a stronger statement if he didn't just kill the boy on a whim. You know what I mean? well, okay, maybe let's pretend he didn't kill him and it just blasted him back. Yeah. Maybe he was like, "Oh, oh, hot! My eyebrows are gone." You know that at least at least half of him was engulfed in flames in the shot. And I love how no, Ray... No, eyebrows gone. Yeah. Ray didn't do anything either. He's just like, hey, buddy. Like, hey, dude. Get away, drugs. Way, like, way to kill that guy. Even Ray Palmer's like, no, nah, screw that kid. I'm the no Boy Scout. Cares. I'm fine with yeah. it. 
It's cool. It's like, Let's drive away. As long as it's Palmer approved, it's okay. I yeah. feel like that time he killed the dude like a bullet really changed Ray. Yeah, yeah when he just yeah. went through a dude. Yeah, that'll change you. Uh, and now he wants to go through with Mick. That's right. So we got we have Mick and Ray going like, hey, maybe we we still have unfinished business. And then we have Stein, who it just seems in this episode that doesn't have the most exciting marriage because all he does is play oh, Trivial Pursuit with yeah. his wife. That was his, his big, like, if they hadn't gotten back together to finish their mission, Jeez. his big payoff was, I'm better at trivia. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and also I feel like there was a couple episodes where he's like, he almost lost his marriage. You know, it kept fading away. Yes. And mm-hmm. to finally see them back together and just playing Trivial yep, Pursuit. That was it. It's like, like an it. old married couple. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I, sh- I wish we saw them making sweet, sweet love. I no, think that, that would have been, been adorable. Much adorable. <laughs> I just just wish, some old people yeah. sex happening. It would be great. Uh, I just wish, why do they have her in such a bad wig? I'm like, we got Quentin Lance with a great oh, totally toupee. And I was that. just like, what is the deal with that? Like, it's so random. If she has short hair, she has short hair. We can believe yeah. she got a haircut. What is she yeah. hiding? Yeah. Find out next dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Snart. Yeah. <laughs> Takes off the wig. She's just Snart all along. He's been making love and playing Trivial Pursuit with Snart this entire time. Season two, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> so we have him saying, I still have unfinished business too. They all mm-hmm. get back together and they, yeah. using subspace and temporal technology, they're going to contact the Wave Rider. By the way, earlier in the chat, I do want to have a shout out to Michael Blake, who uh, who wrote, I felt like uh, it was time for Jax to roofie Stein. Yeah. <laughs> That's what and I gotta about. say, like, I kind of wish that actually happened. And she had to go full circle. Like, turn about. I did feel like there was that tense moment where they were all like, the intervention happened, and they were yeah. all hugging. I was like, are they about to have a threesome? Oh, that's what I thought, too. A little firestorm. Like, yeah. well, it's like that scene in, uh, in uh, House of Cards, like season one, where Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright seduced the driver together. Right, yeah. Right. Spoiler yeah. alert, yeah. by the way. That was, that was like four years ago. Uh, Everyone's uh, catching up on all their uh, CW shows uh, before they move to this. It's like, you know? I spoiled Usual Suspects at a bar like a few months ago and it's just like that movie came out in 1994. Get over it. Right. I feel like that's a weird example too because yeah. everyone knows the ending. Yeah. Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose. What? Krisha, come on. He was dead all along. Spoiler alert. Uh Uh-oh. Thanks, Lucretia. Oh, yeah. So we get everybody together. They get ripped back here. In the meantime, we cut over to 1944 France. We see Kendra on the run. We get to see Lex's favorite shot where we see uh, Vano Savage coming out. He's just like, knife And she does the thing where she just leaves a little message in this poor army man's little ha- helmet that goes through time. And did you say the what? What is the significance of that actual helmet? Oh, I uh, I guess I guess she noticed it in the Wayfinder, but I was hoping it was going to be like a nice Sergeant Rock call out. Yeah, I thought it was like a little Sergeant Rock, Rock knock. Or at, least, at least it would have been like an easy company. I mean, it's uh, I mean certainly they they I mean he's a sergeant, so right. But it's uh, not necessarily Sergeant Rock, but for mm. at least an easy company shout out would have been great. Like yeah. Ice Cream Boy, it would have been Ice Cream Boy. That would have been cool. Ice Cream Soldier. Yeah, or cool. just a Marvel crossover. Because I was thinking Agent Carter. What? We're going back to World War II here? Also, and I understand that this needed to happen. Kendra had to take a second, write the message down, put it in his helmet so that they find her and save reality. She totally got Homeboy killed by standing there as long as she did. Also, I do have to say, like, when, when... 
when she thought of that idea, I bet she was like, I hope you don't sweat a lot. And put it in there. Because then the, the note would go. Fortunately, he got killed right away. Yeah. But like, it's like, how do you know? It's like that exact helmet. That happens to be on the Wave Rider. It couldn't be any other soldier's helmet that happens to be on the Wave Rider. It's I don't that know. particular one. But she, somehow she knows it. Yeah, but the, okay, that's a good point. Because I was actually going to say, I thought a good way to. DSX that machina was <laughs> yep. when they when they had when they noticed that it shifted space chrono reposition yeah chrono which I know is made. okay this is a good example of I think smart dumb science like smart dumb made up science because yeah that doesn't make any sense <laughs> don't don't worry about it though they made up a reason to at least pay attention to the helmet right. You know, it, it, they didn't just have... I thought, like, Jax was going to let the helmet fall down and then pick it up and be like, oh, it was here all along. <laughs> yeah. Which would be so stupid and really <laughs> DSX ex machina. But the fact that they just made up this little stupid thing that just shifted position so that they had to pay attention to it, that was good enough for me. That's all I need. There you go. A reason like that yeah. for why they had to kill Vandal Savage <laughs> in three different time periods. Okay. <laughs> Not to dwell. Not to dwell. And then we find Savage's plan. Uh, he revives Carter and Kendra on his ship, and he finds out if he draws their blood, he needs their blood to activate the Thanagarian tech. Mm-hmm. And the idea is we're going you know, to use these three meteors, blow them up in three different times, and we're going to reboot the time period, the timeline to uh, 1700 B.C., and right. I'll be a god. Which, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I really enjoy the way that you just phrased it. We're going to basically reboot time. And they don't, obviously they dwell on it in as much as this is a terrifying evil plan. We have to stop him. Really think about that for a second and what that would mean. That literally means everything after, what, what is the year? 700 1700 BC. 1700 yeah. BC. No longer exists. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't exist. Yep. And it's just. What? Yeah. And Kendra. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, honestly, actually in like. I actually like that because I feel like I've seen a lot of time jumping stuff and time travel things and I've never heard I don't think I've ever seen anything where the big plan is to reboot yeah and not to after they've established time in general to just start over from the very top well I, I guess I have seen people go back in time and then an well, alternate alter reality, it. yeah, like having Biff and all that stuff. And but this didn't seem so much about altering it as much as wiping it out completely. Yeah. And I agree, I really like it. I would have liked, and obviously we only have so much time per episode, I would have liked a little bit more explanation right. of, not explanation, exploration of the horrific <laughs> existential implications of this. Yeah. Well, it's very similar to like Crisis on Infinite Earth when the say. antimatter yeah. wants to go back and his he wants his hand to be like that the hand of creation that they end up spying there through the view screen and mm-hmm. that ends up changing the reboot the entire universe in his image. Oh, that that was always that's a nice little nod to that. Yep. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a good plan. It's it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. 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 Okay. Yeah. Sure. All yeah. right. Uh, but then we find out, all right, so we know that uh, Savage is in three different time periods. Uh, uh-huh. We go back to 1944 to try to stop him because we've got that note from Kendra. We get a scene where they get to fight the Nazis. Look yeah, at that. good Nazi yeah. fighting. 
I, I, right? Good. Like, Nazis are always the most killable things. And Nazi I, robots and zombies. I had no, no idea how badly I wanted to watch this team fight the Nazis until right. I saw this team <laughs> fighting Nazis. I also love how whenever there's some sort of extraterrestrial or supernatural object, it's like, who has this? Oh, the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> the Nazis always have it. Well, They're, if you've ever watched the History Channel, you know that they make up these stories that that was true. Like, the yeah, Nazis was, invented myth. Like, the Nazis. Nazis did this. They practiced Satanism. I yeah, mean, they, got they did everything bad. Yeah. They got the Ark. Yeah. Red Skull. Red Skull. Red Skull. Yeah. They got them all. Like, they, yeah. they, they, they're the best bad guys in the world. <laughs> <laughs> There's never going to be another uh, good bad guy like the Nazis. It's, it's a great catch-all. Multi-purpose bad guy. You uh, can make them do anything. You know what? Or they Thank swing God dance. Thank God for the Nazis. Guys. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> No, Guys, you can quote Dave Child. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's what, it's what Stein said it himself in this episode. I never thought I'd say this, but we need a Nazi. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the one of my uh, two of my favorite moments happened in this episode. This is the first one where we finally get to see Firestorm use some of his real cool powers, where he right. transmutes something. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's not just fire blasts; it's actually transmutation. He does it. They do it basically on accident, but they do yeah. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's use this vase that no one has ever seen ever before. Oh let's my god, it's right. the best thing. <laughs> what yeah. I loved, what I loved about it. Is uh, is that Ray and Kendra's lucky vase? Really? As if this is like something that had ever been established yeah. before that we were supposed to know yeah. they had a yes. lucky vase. I wish I wish that, I want there to be a delete. I wish it just did a flashback where them like show, going back to the wave rider was like, well, I'm glad we're back at the wave rider and we have our lucky vase. And I can only imagine them panning across the rest of the crew and they're all like, <laughs> and then Jax is like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. And then it, it cuts back like, yes, it is the one <laughs> Which is interesting because when Jax wants to keep practicing this transmutation power, for some reason Stein is just like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And I think Jax has the, the, the best explanation. We could, this is an extra power that could come in really handy to feeding right. Savage. I don't know why Stein was like, uh, we got more important things to be doing. Like, than, uh, than saving reality? Yeah. yeah, how about mastering this cool power that could really help you out? He, right. To be fair, Stein walked away from an intense trivia game. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> he he wants the- to learn more history so he can go back and <laughs> really kick his wife's ass. <laughs> his wife who's secretly snart. Yeah, yeah. Ew. Of course. Yeah. Listen, let's let's not unfold all the, the That's right. Yeah. Save some surprises for season yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, for, sure. for season two. Well, we see also in this guy that Jax is able to free Carter and Kendra, but on the way out, Kendra gets shot. And uh, gets caught again. And I feel like Kendra spent the majority of these last couple episodes just being a prisoner. I feel like that didn't really do her character any service. She was Nell and Dudley Do-Right, literally the damsel in distress every chance. And I'm like, really, as a woman, it's very disappointing. Considering she does have these cool powers, they just never let her use them. (laughs) Well, I feel like they've... I don't know if she was in distress for yeah. most of the season. I think she was mostly dealing with her relationship with a dude yeah. the entire uh. season, but not in distress. Like, yeah. she wasn't the one getting captured all the time, I don't think. No, it's think just been the last couple. Yeah, yeah last yeah. couple, but... And it's it's weird because in a way it does feel a little bit like an awkward lateral move from we spent a whole season watching her defining herself based on the men around her, which is yeah. icky, yeah. To, a, to a, I would argue she has more function in the story in these last couple than she has all season, but it's as damsel in distress, which is also icky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you spent the, 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 the whole season saying that it's Kendra and Carter. Kendra and Carter, they can kill Savage. And, I mean, of course, we kind of tweak things around so that everybody had their moment, like you were saying, their time, yeah. to, time to shine. But to spend so much time setting it up that it was 
crucial, that they were the ones that could do it. I felt like even that just was kind of watered down when you start including everybody else. You just kind of made them less important when you basically render Savage mortal and everybody has to kill him. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I felt that too. And it was also like, uh, yeah, and they had the they had the the knife and they had her. And so it was just, it was enough to, I don't know. When it actually happened, it was a little disappointing. Well, the, I, the problem, I think, is that the Hawk people are, I, tell me if you guys disagree, are maybe the least fully developed characters on this show. Oh, no, I totally agree. And a lot of the people in the chat are saying the same things, like good riddance to the Hawk people. And I, I feel bad because visually, as well as, you know, going back to, like, thinking about the Justice League and all the comics, they're important characters, especially mm-hmm. to this season with Vandal Savage. But just... No one cared by the end, I felt, because, yeah, they just did not have good story development. I think it was just distracting because they tried to put all the romantic uh, um, heat in in their corner. But while telling you the whole time that Kendra and Ray couldn't be. Yeah. Constantly. So it's hard to why you're you're trying to make us invest and yet at the same time telling us don't invest because it's not going to pay off at all. Yeah. If this was just their show, I'm sure we would find out, get a sense of what Kendra's favorite foods are. (laughs) (laughs) Carter's favorite color. It's tuna casserole. That's why Ben brought it over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, If they had their own show, but if also, if it's almost unfair because they as characters had far less time than anyone else save Rip for us to get to know them. We got to know Ray on Arrow. We got to know Captain Cold and Heatwave on Flash. We got to know Sarah on Arrow. We met the Hawk people for a couple episodes, uh, crossovers, and that's about it. We still don't know them that deeply, so, which is why when you give them all Even, of the romantic weight, it doesn't quite work because their their defining character trait is is also a bird. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also even Jax, we got to see uh, you know his family and his daddy issues and all of that stuff. So he was even really defined this season overall. After by the end of the season, we get a sense of who he is. Sure, and I don't get that with Kendra. They had a kid at one point who was an old man. Yeah, and that was about it. And we see her old. That conversation that Kendra has with older uh, older Kendra is, I think, the best. Kendra moment there is because but, it's about her and it's yeah. it's her d- defining herself based on herself and not what dude is around. Yeah, except, or saying she's a barista. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except in I was about to say though mm-hmm. during that whole conversation they're just talking about they're dudes. just talking. Yeah. It doesn't even it doesn't pass the back. Yeah, test, it doesn't does even it? pass the back. They're, oh, they're still right. talking about like listen, it's not going to work out with Ray because of Carter. It's just the the discussion was you know the fact that she was talking to someone and I think. That other uh, that other actress who played the older Kendra did a great job of being this like older, wiser character. Uh, but it's you know still no no back to you're right, and that's, mm. that that didn't even occur to me as I was remembering the scene. Yeah. I'm remembering the positives, but you're right. They're they're continuing to define Kendra based on the men around her, and we had a lot of time spent with Kendra. Yeah. And it was all spent doing stuff like that, which I think is a little icky um, anyway. Yeah. We but are it, forgetting we are forgetting about the her trying to train Sarah to get that rage out of her. There yeah, was that, that was moment. a good scene. And I thought her chemistry with Sarah was way better than even with Carter or Ray. And, yeah. you know, whether yeah. it was just friend chemistry, like starting Sarah or what, but they had better chemistry, and I actually cared when they were on screen together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sarah was... Like, Until you brought it up just now, though, I forgot that was a thing. Yes, yeah. that's true. Because, I mean, it had nothing to do with the guy. It just had her dealing with, like, this new powers power. that had to come into yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. it seemed like that, that went away all of a sudden. They just stopped doing that. They still had they still had their, their comrade chemistry, uh, Sarah and Kendra, 
But the the training stuff, the really working together, mm-hmm. the making each other stronger, like that just seemed to stop after. That a was while. like two episodes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it would if they if they had focused on that as much as they focused on the Ray relationship, I think it would have maybe built up the characters a little bit. But you got to remember, a lot of this show is is a vision board that they're trying to hit, right? And a lot of time restraints. And it, it's we talked about in the last episode. That's why there was a lot of retcon in the last episode, and I think maybe there was a little bit of that in this one too, where they just tried to revisit the whole series and be like, everything has a reason, everything is important. That's why we go back in time to these certain periods. Yeah, so we have slowed up in 1958, and uh, we've got uh, we've got Ray and Rip uh, heading, or excuse me, uh, Ray and Rory back there. Mm-hmm. 75, where we've got Sarah and Firestorm, and then we've got uh, 2021, uh, where we've got. Rip and then uh, Kendra and Carter. Yeah, and, and eventually they all beat. They beat Savage. They all do that. We all get everybody. Get everybody gets a chance to kill Savage. Mm-hmm. I feel like I guess certainly the twenty twenty one, the most important one, since we've got both uh, not only Carter and Kendra but also Rip yeah. too. And I mean, like I said earlier, I think the the fight sequence when it gets down to everyone has their powers, everyone's fighting, everyone's using their powers. That was still pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. still pretty yeah. cool to watch. I really did appreciate, and this is just the way it played to me, obviously the Hawks have to finish Savage, and they do, finally. Um, but I really liked, they stab him, Vandal Savage is clearly, he's dying, he's, yeah. he's yeah. done, and then Rip has to run in and put his hands on the knife <laughs> so that he's part of it, too. <laughs> I'm here, too, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because my family <laughs> was was great. There, there were a few moments tonight where Rip was just like, all right, bro, just chill. Like, there was a moment where earlier on when they finally, like, they unite. It's like, we're back together and we're going to go get him. There was a moment where I, I get, like, off camera before he turns and walks dramatically, like, Rip catching himself in the mirror going, oh. Pops his collar <laughs> and then turns towards the camera. It's like, mm. yeah. That moment you talked about earlier, where he falls off the building and then he's just on his ship when it goes up. I wish we saw the one second where he hits the ship. It, it is was so back to the like, future. Oh, yeah. okay. Right, yeah. I it's like that was a freebie. <laughs> and then, yeah. now I'm fine. Does it starts rising? Goes, oh, my collar. Pops yeah. it and then. Uh, uh, uh. Well, we see they all kill Savage, but the meteors are still in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ray. Shrinks his meteor back in '58, which is cool. Uh, Firestorm finally tr- get masters transmutation, yeah. changes it into water in '75. Uh, but they can't make the, uh, the radiation has progressed too far uh, right. in 2021. So what are we going to do with this? Rip decides to just take the meteor and fly him and the Wave Rider and the meteor directly into the sun. Batman it. So yeah. this felt sudden to me. <laughs> it felt weird. Like why not just shoot it in to the sun? Which is what they did. Yes, yeah. and but they had to have their weird. Sunshine moment. <laughs> yeah, Rip had to be heroic at least one point. We gave him this. Yeah, yeah to be yeah. like, I'm here with. Well, yeah. because I mean, honestly, I think we were all kind of expecting this. This whole first season has been the story of Rip, and we were expecting it to come to an end of him dying heroically or almost dying heroically, and that, you know, it's and it hit that mark. Well, would you have been satisfied, say, he has this kind of, whether it's uh, just a real or imagined kind of reunion? Uh, it could have been just, yeah, as he's dying, he has his reunion with his wife and child. Right. And then the ship blows and he's dead. But he, at least you know that he has some kind of like spiritual kind of reunion with his family. Would you have been satisfied with that as an ending for his character? Or you like it better that he just had some kind of emotional kind of closure and now he's still <laughs> back in play? You know, because <laughs> here's the thing. I feel like we haven't seen the best of Rip yet. 
So I like that he has a second chance. I like okay. that yeah. he has a second chance to really develop the character more. Yeah, unburdened with that, yeah. like, but his, yeah. that, his goal that he's got. Yeah, because I like Arthur Darville. And I, I do, to too. See, yeah. I want to see him actually, like, uh, really use that character in coming up. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely glad that he's not dead, for yes. sure. And I, I get the choice. It's like, okay, I have to make the sacrifice play, but it's okay because I'll be with my wife and my child again. But I wish they had laid the groundwork for that a little bit more effectively because right. as it played, I was just like, well, why, why do you even have to be in the ship? Why wasn't what they ultimately did mm. plan A? Yeah. I think it's tough, especially with the story, the structure for the seasons, where you tie everything to one singular objective for an entire season. It makes it tough sometimes because your character just kind of gets handcuffed to that objective and you don't get a chance to really flesh them out, much like I think with the Hawks and same thing with Rick, uh, with Rip. So it's singularly tied to that. And now free of that, be cool. Let's see what we can do with Rip when he's not tied to that. For right. sure. Yeah. So uh, we get to the end there. Everybody says, like, hey, are we going to break up the band or are we going to keep the band together? What I love <laughs> is that they're all there and Rip goes, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically mm. like, I'm a little surprised that you guys decided to come with me for <laughs> yeah. a second go around. And they're like, uh, no, no, we're not. No, yeah. we're not. We're not going with you. No, 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 no. But then. So the Hawks take off. So they're gone. They're saying, which I think, well, of course, we'll see them in three months. As Rory says, see, I think it'll last about three months. (laughs) Just just over the summer hiatus. Then you guys will come back and join us. Uh, But then another wave rider crashes. And who comes out of the crash? Patrick J. Adams, which we've been teased about. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've all had our speculations about who he's going to be. We've thought maybe the question, maybe Adam Strange. Oh, no. As we teased way earlier in the season when we showed you some photographs of some Justice Society paraphernalia, like Wildcat, Dr. Midnight and stuff. Lo and behold, Patrick J. Adams is playing Rex Tyler, our man. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Come on now. And he oh, name drops the Justice Society of America. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it makes sense, too, that it's our man is the first one we see in this time-traveling show. Yes. You know. Only disappointed that he didn't have a mask. I mean, he he has the hood, which is cool, but come on. I mean, and no real big, uh, huge hourglass on the costume. You know, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because I think we would know who he is as soon as he walked up. I think he needed to see it. It it would blow the reveal a little bit. So, yeah, I think maybe in next season we might see him go like, and let me just do this. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to freak you guys out, but I wear an hourglass. (laughs) (laughs) We We should also talk about, I think everyone pretty much knows this, but... Uh, in next season or coming up, they've talked about how Supergirl is joining the CW. That is yeah. right. Uh, and uh, they have promised that there's going to be a four-way crossover mm-hmm. with Green Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Yep. Uh, I feel, Mr. Dave Child, I feel like you've made a great segue to talk about just some general predictions about yeah. upcoming seasons. TV predictions. Mark has been waiting with his finger right over the yeah. button for that. <laughs> yeah. He's breathing a sigh of relief. <gasps> yes. Okay. He wants those predictions. All right. So now you pose that uh, uh, going to be a four-way crossover, some kind of crisis, hopefully, in yeah. something. What do you think that happens? Do you think it's a whole reboot where we can bring Supergirl into this universe and make her a part of that? Or is Supergirl always going to remain in her own separate universe? That's a good question. That's a good question. Because I am wondering where the Justice Society is coming from. Mm. Like, are they coming from, uh, what, the 50s, the 40s? 40s. Yeah, I guess World War II. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was dressed like that, though. It seemed very futuristic or modern. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's doing an Earth 2 coming from an alternate reality. I, my, I yeah. was going to say maybe an alternate dimension, because on Supergirl, in the Fortress of Solitude, there was that ring. The that's, Legion. That's from those the Legion. Legion. Oh, those Legion. Yeah. Sorry, I got the two confused. But that's a good point, because they've been like they've been teasing that for a while. 
So they could just bring in the Legion of Superheroes with the Justice Society and have like a buttload of uh, superheroes in like kind of one go. Yeah, and or we, have them all kind of tied together. When we were talking about, you know, earlier in the season, we did we talked about the photos that they released that were teasing a bunch of Justice Society members, and my assumption is we're going to be seeing all of those characters in some form. We better, yeah. we better. Definitely the, more aliens with Supergirl coming over and crossing over, and that'll be the key point. Well, I that's think, yeah. that's a big point I wanted yeah. to bring up too because they keep mentioning Thanagarians, yeah, like they're going to show up. So we, I was surprised it wasn't Adam Strange because of that reason. Yeah. But I feel like there's going to be Thanagarians in the next season. There must be. Yes. I was reading, though, that apparently they're not going to be the principal threat of the season. Right. Okay. So maybe they can even be setting up for season three or... Or they're just in play somehow. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they're going to have a, a full season order this time. If they broke it up into smaller chunks, three or four episodes, right. dealing with the villain there, you could tie stuff up. Maybe have something overarching at the end that you pay off, but at least kind of like uh, more self, more shorter contained stories. That way you can at least not have everybody tied to one singular objective like Rip and the Hawks were this season. Right. You could have some more chance for them to kind of grow and do different things. And it also gives you an opportunity to bring in and out a whole bunch of different DC characters depending on what the mission of these four episodes or however many yeah. it happens to be. I'm curious about when the giant crossover is going to happen. Is it going to happen before the seasons of all of these different shows or is it going to happen like in the mid-season? These tend I bet to happen mid-season, yeah. Mid-season? Yeah, yeah just before gonna be it working goes. Up to my, it. Yeah. yeah, from what they were saying, it seemed like maybe like uh, uh, early December. Is oh, yeah, that's yeah, what I was that. thinking, yeah. Uh, right before that winter break, which would be really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'll be curious because, I mean, I guess if you reestablish, if you kind of reboot the universe in a sense with the crisis and then you merge Supergirl's world with the rest of the CW kind of universe, right. then you've also got Superman introduced. You've got all this stuff. So that, I don't know how easy that would be for them to do. So That's I don't know. Maybe they'll keep it set. Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing. I like Supergirl a lot, but the only thing that's a little weird about it is is always like Superman just, oh, he's just over there in the corner. Is uh, he always Superman? Does he, oh, what does, was that? He, oh, I am Superman. Superman. Because yeah. it's 2000. Well, does yeah. he always intentionally stand mm-hmm. in silhouette or does he not have a face? Sometimes he has boots. I've, there was boots at one <laughs> yeah. point. I mean, the plus about having them in their own universe that you get to do the cool DC multiverse. Right. But then the bad part is you always had to come up with ways and contrivances to merge those universes to cross over the universes. The thing is, they've already done that with the Flash. Yeah, like, he's dimension hopping like every yeah. week. So I think, and and they have a super spaceship that also tra- travels through time. They could just put a few, uh, you know, tighten a few gears here, loosen a few screws there, and then it, it'll jump through alternate realities. That's too. why Jax is there, man. He yeah, knows how to do that. That's what Jax will do. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we've got many other thoughts that we want to share, and sadly, we've run out of time for nice. this episode there. And this season, this season. of Legends mm. of Tomorrow, that's it. We are done for the season. But we'll be back next season to break down all these episodes. We hope you will join us as well. But continue to like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Continue the conversation with us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about what's coming up for season two. What do you think about the crossover? More importantly, the Justice Society of America. Guys, right. come on. Yeah. That's so awesome. Come on. I want to see Dr. Midnight. Look at that. That'd be so cool. Uh, in the meantime, if they want to continue the conversation with you, Lucretia, where can they do so? Of course, you can find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Yep. Yeah, and you can find me at M-R Dave Child. Mm-hmm. Anywhere on the internet, I guess, or just Twitter specifically. <laughs> also, I wanted uh, everyone to know you can find Frank and I on Preacher, oh, the Preacher yeah. After Show, starting Sunday. We're court ordered to do after shows together. Yeah, yeah. we yes. can't ever leave one another. <laughs> We're like the Hawk people. That's right. <laughs> 
Just always reinventing ourselves. True. I may do a show with Lex Michael, but uh, it's never going to last between us. No. <laughs> it's only, it's, only, it's <laughs> destined to end in failure. If it's not Dave Child, I will end the universe alone by myself, I suppose. I am Lex Michael, all over social media, at the Lex Michael. I actually have something to plug super quickly. I am co-creator, co-writer, co-producer, co-star of a new comedic web series. It is called Us Two. It is about a couple of best friends who are total doofuses with hearts of gold that really just want to be a part of something, and their efforts to be part of things tend to lend them uh, no success whatsoever. They end up flattening their faces over and over and over again. We premiered it the other night in Hollywood. It went really well, and we're super excited to share it with everybody. It's going to be live online tomorrow, May 20th. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be all over after that. We'll be posting the links all over the place, but please check it out. We're very excited about it. Just a bunch of rip hunters. Just a lot of rip hunters. (laughs) And you can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. You'll see me on Sunday with Dave Dave Child, Roxy Stryer, uh, Ben as well. We're breaking down Preacher. We'll see you next time, everybody, here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Truce. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 